When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back by no one's demand, but our own and from our DraftKings Sportsbook studios here in, you know, slightly overcast. Sun's coming out. Been a rainy day, but it's still scenic. Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast, as it always is. It's brought to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford, and it's made possible by the fine folks at A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville. Com. Welcome back for a Monday night football edition, the Titans and the Bills. Now this week on the podcast, it's going to be obviously a little different because they will practice as we record this on Friday afternoon. They will have one more practice tomorrow at St. Thomas Sports Park on Saturday before having Sunday off and then everybody coming back together for a primetime matchup between two powers, potentially, in the AFC. So we'll talk about it with our A to Z sports colleague, Luke Worsham, and our friend Kayla Anderson, sports anchor at WKRN News 2. Before we do any of that, though, I'll tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. They've always done business with honesty and integrity at Two Rivers Ford. That means keeping fair, honest prices every single time, no matter what. When you're dealing with things that the global pandemic has caused, like Disruptions in the supply chain. Supply supply chain disruptions have been rampant across any industry. You know this if you've tried to buy a car, if you have ordered furniture. Whatever it may be, the simplest things have been derailed by all of this. Now, because of that scarcity, some people have hiked their prices. It's not what Two Rivers Ford does. It's not what they've been doing for nearly 40 years, and it's not how they'll do business into the next 40 years. They'll make sure that you get a great price, that you'll feel no pressure throughout the course of the car buying experience. They've got things like the Built For You program that will get you any model, any color, and any available features built and delivered right to your door. It's just that easy. So if you're looking for any manner of vehicle, whether it's great gas mileage, electric vehicles, or a work work truck, if you so choose, Two Rivers Ford is the best in the business. You can visit them in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast, week six edition. We got a little extra time for this one to breathe because the Titans are not playing on Sunday. They're playing Monday Night Football. We got Kayla Anderson of WKRN News 2, uh, their great sports department. We got our colleague at A to Z Sports, Luke Worsham, at Luke underscore Worsham is where you can follow my clout-chasing friend. Hello, guys. How are we? Hey. Hello there. <laughs> what, you take you you resent the comment? I mean, I don't dislike clout, but I don't really chase it, I don't think. I would strongly disagree with that based on how <laughs> much 
how much uh, more hot takey you've become on Twitter, which I respect. I see that I respect the behavior because I might ex- myself exhibit the behavior. Yeah. Kayla, can I feel one noticing it? Apparently, Mike Vrabel is noticing. I it. was just gonna say, Mike Vrabel even has read Luke's tweets, so there you go. Kayla, does that make you feel better that you don't tweet more that the head coach isn't peeling through your Twitter timeline for all your criticisms? I was actually wondering, like, whose timelines is he hitting up, right? Because exactly, I know you're on there. (laughs) Clearly, but it's like, what what makes you have, first of all, any time to be doing that? Because I don't know where he has the time to be checking on Twitter. But even to admit it, I mean, I wouldn't be admitting if I was a coach. Well, that's the headline to come out of this, right? Luke, uh, Kayla Anderson alleges that Mike Vrabel is being negligent in his duties and scrolling Twitter too much. That's what we're running with. Well, yeah, like last night I was at the uh, the Predators game and I tweeted something about like, you know, it's great to be at a game where I don't have to cover it and I can just kind of sit back and enjoy. And and Alex Doherty, our Preds guy, was like, well, you know, Julio was here. So you're on the clock now. And I'm like, well, I have to write that Julio needs to get back to his rehab and and (laughs) get out of the Predators game. I saw exactly a bunch of times on Twitter yesterday because we are all idiots, apparently. Uh, but that's what we're going to talk about to start off with, because Julio Jones, a full participant now through three days of work for the Tennessee Titans. Of course, they'll have one more day of practice on the field before they play Monday night. But Kayla, I, I guess, you know, they AJ talked about a snap count today, what he played mm-hmm. on in Jacksonville. Mike Vrabel said. He doesn't know what we're talking about when we bring up snap counts, so I don't know who's lying, but somebody is. What do you think they do with Julio at this point, given that he's been, you know, fully back to work? Yeah, and just I don't know if you guys had this impression from practice, but it just seemed weird. Like we were getting one answer from players, a total different answer for Mike Vrabel in terms of whether it be the snap counts or like the injury situation. So with Julio being a full participant really for the past couple of weeks, right? Cause he was in last week as well. No, just this week, just this week. Yeah. Just this week. I was, I was thinking about Bud Dupree, but with Julio being a full participant and from what he said today, which was like, I'm ready to go. Um, I believe like first and foremost, he's going to play on Monday night. And I would think that he seems like he's healthy. He's, not really bringing up the hamstring as an injury at this point. And so if you're trying to get the most out of this offense against a really good Bills team, I would think he's going to be out there a lot on Monday night. And I would hope that the same were to be said for AJ Brown. And I start to wonder at what point maybe were they kind of saving these guys a little bit early on in the season for this upcoming part of the schedule, which is absolutely grueling. No, I think she's spot on, Luke. Yes, she is. But in terms of, I, I think the correct thing to do would be to throw 100% Julio out there. It would be to yeah. throw A.J. Brown out there for the, for the full throttle. But sometimes the Titans fall into this strange trap of thinking that no player is better than another player. And, you know, we, we, we'll put 22 out there and – 22 not being Derrick Henry is in like 22 people. We'll put we'll put the best 22 we got out there. And I, 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 would that be the best thing for them to do to put Julio out there a lot? Yes. I I don't expect them to do it. I mean, we're coming off of that Indianapolis Colts game where in the red zone they've got Racy McMath and 
Nick Westbrook, Aquina, and Chester Rogers, like, uh, I, I don't really trust them to put Julio out a lot. Well, I mean, fortunately for Titans fans who were not as uh, were not enthusiastic about the Racy McMath, Cam Bats, and Nick Westbrook, Aquina package, a lot of those dudes aren't available now. So now you have no yeah. choice but to use Julio Jones and AJ Brown. No, I mean, I think I think there's some truth to it, right? Mike is. Mike is going to practice what he preaches, even if it's to their detriment. And if Mm -hmm. I really thought that he, I really think that he thought he could win a game in New York with the aforementioned collection of skill position players. And it didn't end up working out that way. Now, honestly, the more, the fault in that particular game was more on the defense collapsing in the second half and their problem with explosive plays all year long, which I'm sure we'll spend some time on Rashawn Evans and sound run gap assignment. Um, but for the Titans right now, Kayla, I mean, honestly, I, I think that they're, they're overmatched against Buffalo, but for, I mean, it's a, it's a shitty way to do the analysis, Mm -hmm. but I'm honestly sitting here thinking to myself, what the hell do we know? We haven't seen this whole thing put together yet. And Monday may be the the closest look, even if it's not 100% that we've gotten all season long. Well, they definitely have been messing with our heads because from game to game, we don't really know what we're going to get. I mean, we know that half the team is injured, it seems like, or so they say half the team is injured. And so you would think with some of these guys coming back for this game on Monday night, some of those big time players, I mean, remember they went out there and got Julio Jones. Like they knew of everything that came with Julio Jones in terms of age and the injuries that he had last year. But again, they're adding this massive weapon to this offense to try to make it better. And there's nothing about this offense that we've really seen. That's better from last year. If anything, it's digressed because of also the tight end situation, which is there's nobody even playing worth a damn on, that side or that unit. So um, we'll get into that later. But yeah, here here's the thing. It, I feel like we'll see a lot more of that offense that we've been so hyped up and excited to see. But at the same time, like these guys haven't played together all at once. And I really do believe that was a problem in training camp coming into this season because none of them were on the field at the same time. Um, and if they can keep healthy on Monday night and not go in and out of the game with injuries, I, I feel like we'll see maybe a portion of what we were expected to see headed into the season. We've yet to see the pick your poison, right, that we were all expecting yeah. to see. Because we all talked about in uh, when was it that they traded for Julio? Whenever that happened, Dude. we were all talking yeah. about sixth. Because the general manager goes on NFL Network and said it will now be referred to as the historic Pinewood Cafe because that was the place that's right for Julio Jones. And so far, less than historic, I would say. But we haven't seen that. We haven't seen the whole thing where you either stack the box against the run or you you play off to cover these two stud receivers and whatever you do, you're going to lose because they've got these other options. We haven't seen that yet. We, we, they were all out there in week one, but it was such a disaster and they were constantly in second and 16 and second and 15 and third and 14 that, you know, Derek Henry wasn't a threat. No one cared about him, which is a hard thing to, to accomplish mm-hmm. for a defense. And so we haven't seen that yet. And it would be nice to see that because this Titans offense 
and I wrote this in, in a column I wrote today, they've been characterized so far by being clunky, by being out of sync, and by being unexplosive. Oof. Oof. Oh, and that's, that's how I describe them. Yeah. Well, you talked about explosive real quick, Luke. I mean, what's been explosive? Nothing, exactly. Nothing has been explosive. They, they have like had no explosive plays, which we were expecting to maybe see with adding, like you said, a guy like Julio and having AJ on the other side. And um, we saw so much creativity last year with Arthur Smith. And now I just feel like we've, there's so much that has been lost in terms of this offense. And it's like, at what point are we going to see it added back in? Are we going to see it added back in? I think that's the question that everybody still is asking. If we don't see it Monday, I don't know when it's going to be added back in. I mean, the only things that have been exploding for this Titans offense are <laughs> hamstrings. Like every time that AJ Brown runs a fade, he ends up on the injury report the next week. And I don't, I don't know why this is happening, but like I think of that Julio Jones 50 plus yard yeah. streak route against Seattle. And then what else? What other big play that wasn't Derrick Henry? They got six of them on the year, six what would be ex uh, considered explosive plays, yeah. and two of them are on third and forever Jeremy McWeapon screen passes. So, listen. <laughs> that can't be the rest of the season, guys. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they have no choice. They have had no choice up to this point. I think the playbook is so, so limited right now, or at yeah. least it has been, because they don't have any damn football players. And like what yeah. Mike says about – yeah, we'll, we'll find 22 guys to get out there and play a football game and blah, 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 blah. It's all well and good. But even at the NFL level, level, you're not just winning within the margins. You also have to have the talent. And they have top-end talent. It's just the top-end talent hasn't been playing in these games, the last, or at least the first month of the season. But, I mean, to that end, the defense is allowing explosive plays again. That's the exact same. I've talked to mm -hmm. a lot of people uh, over there at that in that building about you know they they have been better on third down the the defense looks better certainly their third down percentages because of their ability to pressure the quarterback uh, yeah. but the turnovers aren't coming there are still guys getting misaligned Kevin Byard has already brought up communication at least twice this season as it relates to and I don't want to call them coverage bus because I don't we don't know their playbook and we don't know who's supposed to be in what spot but they're clearly giving these chunk plays up i mean they're at 11 that have gone for 30 or more at this yeah. point I, luke i don't know what you do about the defense given that you have uh, joined my school of shane bowen apologists and as we're accused of spreading propaganda on the internet when you wrote a column a couple weeks ago so i'm looking at the nfl defensive rankings right now and the titans are not in the bottom 10 of the league they are I believe um, they are the 11th worst defense in the NFL. So they're pretty close, but they're not dead last. Right out of the side. In, in the bottom 10. And I, I think it's a mixture of things. I think injuries are, are part of the, the story here. Dane Krukshank has not been good in, in relief of Amani Hooker. That's a guy who's always around the football, who I certainly had high expectations for and still do whenever he's able to get healthy. Uh, Jack Rabbit, Janoris, whatever you want to call him, Jenkins, spent the first two weeks slipping around and then was playing 20 yards off on third and four. And that's been a disappointment. They don't seem to like Caleb Farley very much because when he played in relief of an injured Christian Fulton against Jacksonville, I want to say it was Kaharski asked him, asked Vrabel on Monday, you know, did 
did how did Farley perform and did he earn himself some more opportunities? And what was the first thing out of Rabel's mouth? Well, he had a holding that wiped out a third down stop. Penalty. Yeah. They hate Caleb Farley. I, I, I don't, it seems like it anyway. I don't know yeah. why, but it, I feel like it's more personnel. They also don't have Bud Dupree. That's been very strange. Like, I don't know what Shane Bowen is not doing schematically that he should be. Because last year we all saw, right? It was, they looked lost. No one was really close to being the right spot. Now it's like the players, they're, they're being unaggressive. They're, they're losing guys. It's no longer communication. It's just like they understand the calls. They're not executing them very well. Kayla, what do you, what do you make of how this Titans defense has done so far? Which is so interesting to me because last year we just had the whole debacle of, you know, Shane Bowen not actually having the title and Mike Rabel having his hands all in this defense. And clearly that didn't go well. The communication word, I'd never want to use it again because we used it every week with the Titans. But we, I mean, when we talk to these players individually, they all seem like this is better, right? Like we all feel better. We all feel like the communication has improved. Okay. So if that is the case now and you respect Shane Bowen and you're soaking up what Shane Bowen is bringing to the table, then individually, like Luke was saying, because there are some really question marks with individuals specifically, what is happening? Right. Like if you're so excited about everybody being on the same page and there's some individuals that aren't on the same page, like wouldn't you get them on the same page? And I think injuries definitely play into it. But then there's just guys like Rashawn Evans, who, my goodness, he's been here long enough to the point where you wouldn't be thinking that we'd be bringing his name up in terms of making mistakes still or just not he's just underwhelming altogether. And it just seems to, in some ways, drag the defense down and I hate to be harsh but I mean week after week his name comes up and it's not in a positive light um and I feel like there's some individuals maybe that are like that that are not able to play up to the level they need to be playing at in the NFL um and so with injuries piled into that it's just kind of off and on for this defense I feel like we haven't really seen them do exactly what they're supposed to do this season. They're not supposed to be a top ranked defense by any means, but like you said, now the third down situation is better, but now it's giving up big pass plays. Like when can we get this all working together? Yeah. And I think um, the Avery not Williamson, the foreseeable future. Yeah. And because like, I, I was just going to bring back, uh, bring up Avery Williamson. They signed yeah. him off the Broncos practice squad. Rashawn right. would did not perform uh, well, uh, certainly throughout as if you would just grade him during that game on the whole, but I do know for a fact that they have felt better about him up until that point. And then of course there are uh, missed missed gap assignments and run defense that you see James Robinson streaking for 58 yards across the, uh, across the face of the left side of the Titans defense. And he's diving at piles that he doesn't need to dive at. And he's no longer great at the goal line stops that he himself has said, that's what I do, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. At this point, so Avery Williamson comes in. He's always played sound against the run, but he's a two-down linebacker. Uh, Luke, do you, I don't think that necessarily matters with what they have in David Long, even if David Long isn't the best in space. Well, the, the bad news is that unless you are in quarters defense, you have to play more than one linebacker on a given play. If they only had to play one, that's problem solved. And maybe they should just run quarters defense with Farley, Fulton, uh, the other two. Molten, it's not going to be Farley. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. But when I asked Rabel on Monday about Evans, he's like, well, you know, we all got to be better. Like, I thought we might all stand up and hold hands and sing Amazing Grace or something. Right. After he said, you know, we can all be better. Um, which is weird because, like I mentioned earlier, with Caleb Farley, he, like, roasted him. He's like, well, yeah. you had that. But the Avery Williamson signing tells you what you need to know because Avery Williamson's biggest strength is Rashawn Evans' biggest weakness. Williamson is a smart player. He's instinctive. He knows where to go. He's not very athletic and he's not very good in coverage, but he's, he's kind of always where he's supposed to be. And especially in the run game, which Evans is not. And there's been some debate about whether, um, that James Robinson 58 yard touchdown was Evan's fault. Cause it looked like he was out of place, but there's some like talking apparently in the Titans building that, well, they were blitzing and then some film buffs are like, well, mm-hmm. there's no way he was blitzing. What you can't deny is that play on the goal line where he just dove at nothing. Hmm. And the Titans would have us believe, Oh, he thought there was a sneak coming. So he was just, you know, taking that out. If you watch the replay when Evan's like knees are bent and he is leaping, Trevor Lawrence is in the backfield with his arm stretched out, carrying out a play fake. Like there, there was no sneak coming. I, I don't know. And then Evans dove in the air at nothing. Like it's very, very strange. Now they're, they're Kayla, they're waiting for development from the players in year four. And at this point, you're probably as close to fully formed as you're going to be as a pro. Yeah. I, and it's a bummer for me to have to like think this way about Rashawn Evans. I actually personally love the guy. He's oh, yeah. great. He's great to talk to. And can we add in there? We haven't talked to him in a while, by the way, guys. I don't in know a couple if weeks. you've Trust noticed me, I that. I tried. I tried. Oh, you did even? Yeah. No, yeah. I, see, I wasn't I find... allowed to talk to him, and I wasn't allowed to talk to Jayon right before I reported that Jayon has a sprain, a MCL sprain. So they're, they're, they're bogarting those two pretty well right no now. No state secrets on 104.5 The Zone. Well, and they, yeah. couldn't, they, couldn't give them, they couldn't give those two to us enough during the offseason. So that tells you where everything else is going right now. Can, can I just say, too, like, I don't think that helps these players by any means. I mean, I don't think a lot of these players are going to – whoever is putting them out there and deciding who's going out there day to day and saying, we're not talking. Right. I don't really think that's the case. And for me, I'd rather just have a player come out like Bud Dupree did, even though Mike Rabel didn't seem too happy about what he said and be honest with us. Cause then we're not going to speculate or we're not going to say, well, this is what this player is doing, or this is what he's not doing. If you just come out and say it, it's a story that day and then we move on. But when we have these situations where they're not allowing us to talk to guys, even though Sean Evans is healthy, yeah, he's going through another season where maybe there's some ups and downs, but like, let him explain himself. Like, let us ask the questions. That's what, I mean, that's what we're here to do. And that's what they're do. That's what part of their duties are too. Well, and I just touch on this Luke before, before you go, uh, there's an approval process that goes through, not just the. PR organization. Mm-hmm. It goes through football yep. organization and football has final say over who is speaking to the media that day. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. Go ahead, Luke. Well, I think with the injury thing, what I always go back to is I agree with Vrabel that giving a timeline is unfair to a player coming out yeah. and saying, you know, it's the week to week or three to six weekend, right? That I mean, yeah. it's either unfair to the player or you end up like Frank Reich talking about Carson Wentz five to 12, which Vrabel laughed at like yeah. the camera. That was fantastic. One of the best moments of the training camp. 
But beyond what I don't get is the like denying there is an injury or not explaining the type. And there have also been several cases throughout games this year where they didn't report an in-game injury. Like with Julio Jones, when he just disappeared against the Colts, there was never a Julio Jones hamstring questionable or anything like that. And, And at that point, you're not only in territory of hurting players, you're also like, getting very close to breach of rules, fine territory, which is a dangerous place to be because it points your organization as being sort of shady, like the new England Patriots. And look, I know the Titans want to be the new England Patriots. (laughs) I was just going to say, but why don't they be the new England Patriots in terms of abusing the jets? Cause that's what the new England Patriots do. And the Titans don't or didn't. They do, they do themselves a, a lot of disservices, but I mean, and I almost pulled an Eli Manning where I gave the camera middle fingers, which we could do because we're on a podcast. But what I'll say is that Mike, Mike's approach has consistently been, he's, he's wildly consistent in the fact that it's double middle fingers. I'm going to do what I want. And this is how I believe that the football team is best coached and best handled. And they've been certainly consistent in that regard. So uh, I think, you know, they're, they're, what five and a half point dogs. The last time I looked at my DraftKings Sportsbook app yeah. at home, Buffalo is overwhelming. They're scoring more points than anybody in football, and they're giving up fewer points than anybody in football. It's a tall task, and they will likely be well, we don't know this for certain for those who will be listening through the weekend, but they're probably going to be out without Christian Fulton, their best corner. Yep. So at this point, it's a it's a tough proposition. Um I don't bet the Titans games just out of ethical concerns, but I would probably take them plus five and a half because Mm -hmm. the Titans exist to bother people in games like this, but they've also wildly disappointed in big moments, uh, i.e. Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers, even if there might've been some extenuating circumstances. I honestly, Kayla, I don't know what the hell to make this game. This is so hard. We were talking about this on the TN nation show. We, we do every week and prediction wise, we make our predictions at the end of the show and we, we all picked the bills, but it was like really tough to, to not have something in the back of my mind saying, pick the Titans, because guess what? The Titans do this every time they're completely counted out in a situation and they literally feel like their backs are pinned against the wall. Like they come and show up for these games. And I'm not saying it would be a blowout like it was last year against the Bills because that was just weird circumstances leading into the game. But I feel like this is the type of game that they could play a great game, play almost a perfect game, maybe create, you know, some turnovers in terms of what the Bills have to do is, I mean, they have to create turnovers. And if that's not going to happen, I don't feel like they can win this game. Um, but there is something in the back of my mind saying they can win it. I just think when you look at it on paper and you're just thinking with your actual brain, you have to pick the bills. They finished on the right side of the turnover differential last week for what it's worth. Yes. Yep. I think this game is a big one for us and for the fans, Mm -hmm. because the reality is every game for the team is just a game and it only counts. It counts the same against the record. But in terms of understanding who this team is, this game is huge. Because in years past, the Mike Titans have always done two things or had two abilities. They can beat anyone, and boy, can they lose to anyone. And it's looked so far this year like that might be the case again. You know, they beat a 
good, not great Seattle team in week two. They beat the Colts. And, uh, you know, week one's a wash because you yeah. don't even know that the Cardinals are going to be as good as they have been. But week four, or week, whenever the Jets, they played the Jets. Yeah, week four against the Jets is, is the dud, very similar to the Bengals last year yep. and the Bills back in 2018, right? Those kinds of losses happen every year. But also what the Titans do, with the exception of that Sunday night game against Green Bay in 2020, when they play good teams, they rise to the occasion. Yeah. They don't always win. They don't win every time they play a good team. But the Titans don't really get blown off the field by anyone, and that's a testament to Vrabel. And again, even when they struggle and don't look very good against the bad teams, when they sort of sleepwalk, they tend to win the games anyway, which is also a a tribute to Vrabel. So we've seen parts of that formula, parts of that identity so far this year. Now we get to see if the whole part is there. We've seen them win a game against a good team, We've seen them struggle against bad teams and win. We've seen them struggle against bad teams and lose. Now, can they go and face a juggernaut at home in prime time? The juggernaut, the Buffalo Bills, who are first in like four different defensive categories and tops in a lot of offensive categories too. If they get blown off the field by the Bills, I think the takeaway is this Titans team's not very good. They're probably going to win the division because the division stinks, but they'll go one and done. If they beat the Bills, then I think all of our preseason expectations for this team are still in play of, you know, Super Bowl potential and can go on a playoff run. Even if they beat or even if they lose to the Bills, rather. Exactly. Right. If they get blown off the field. uh, So did the Kansas City Chiefs. They just got their shit kicked in by the Buffalo Bills. In the Kansas, Kansas City, City Chiefs their defense is just now? disgusting. No, they're two, they're two, uh, they're two and three at present, but their offense doesn't look great, and their defense is defense one is. of the worst in the sport. Lamar and the Ravens look pretty stout, but they were getting pushed around in the first half by a Colts team that I think that most of us would probably probably regard as less than. It may be Buffalo at the top of the conference, and that's it, which is great news for the Titans. But you gotta yeah. go up against teams like Buffalo in the playoffs. And that is something that we will very soon find out. Luke Worsham, A to Z Sports. Make sure you re- you're reading him there. He also has the No Nonsense podcast. You can watch Kayla Anderson along with all of our friends at WKRN News 2 on all of their daily sports coverage and live streaming show that they do on WKRN's social channels. Thank you guys so much. It's been too long since we've had either of you on the podcast. And I appreciate you taking some time. Thanks, Buck. I was worried momentarily that I wouldn't be able to make this appearance because when I was cooking lunch, I had a bit of an oopsie daisy in the kitchen, but the bleeding stopped just in time for me to make the appearance. Well, just fortunate enough that you could live long enough to say oopsie daisy right? into a microphone, Oop, but that's better than how we started with Kayla. So, Hey, nobody's sorry perfect. guys. Before we put a bow on this thing on the way out the door, I got to remind you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is DraftKings Sportsbook, and they have all manner of incredible offers as an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They have things like same-game parlays, which allow you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A2Z Sports to get involved on any of these great offers. 
or promotions. That's promo code A to Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. It's going to do it for us today. See many of you out at the stadium on Monday, and we'll certainly talk to you on the primetime show Sunday night and, of course, on the radio pregame Monday morning. Until then, have a fantastic weekend. Take some time. I certainly will, given that it's my first weekend off, I think, since July 20th or thereabouts because my birthday always means the training camp's about to start. And that's the last thing. That's the last free weekend that I've had. So I'm probably going to get into some things that I shouldn't. I'll talk to you guys next Friday right here on the 615 Sessions podcast. It's brought to you, as always, by our friends at Two Rivers Ford and made possible by the fine folks at A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports.com.